It's time for Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. Presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for free made-from-scratch food, signature 29-degree draft beers, and all the scenic views. I'm just going to pause while you start drooling. And brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Now your host of the show, Josh Swanson. Still washing the the taste of that nasty, nasty 23-21 loss in the Dakota Marker game last week into South Dakota State. Out of our mouths, Bison Nation. And we got a bye week, so we don't even have a game today to talk about or flush that one out of our system. We have to wait an entire week before we do that. And to make matters worse... To make matters worse, we have to cheer for UND today. That's right. We got to cheer for the Fighting Hawks because they're playing the Jacks. And if the Bison still want a crack at the Missouri Valley Football Conference Championship, the Hawks need to take down the Jacks. What kind of what kind of world are we living in, Bison fans? We we get up twenty-one to seven against the Jacks, and I don't want to relive it any more than you do. We get up 21 to 7, man. Things are looking great. The Bison complete a huge pass to Braylon Henderson inside the Jacks 5 a few minutes before halftime. Then, Cam, what were you thinking, Miller? Uh, Trojan Eden's boner of the week play decides to pull out a fake bow and arrow from his back and shoot it at the SDSU sideline. That play changed the entire course of the football game. One, one set, he might be a great kid, but he's clearly immature. And his, he played a great game. All right, you take a look at his numbers, 17 to 22, 227. That is 227 yards. Completed 17 to 22 passes for two scores. He played a pretty good football game. The immaturity and just stupidness, let's call it what it is. How did that advance the cause in your team winning the football game? I've talked about this all week with a bunch of Bison fans. And if you don't have that penalty where you're sure, why? Why? Because you're in the post game. There was a letter someone wrote to the editor of the Fargo Forum. Because in the post game, Cam Miller said, and I'll paraphrase, I'm a competitor. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'd do it again. Right? He said that's part of his game, pulling out fake bow and arrows, apparently, and shooting them at the other team's sideline. That play probably cost your team the football game. It doesn't advance the ball forward at all. The holly gully. Just this stupidness. That's what just frustrates me about this football team, a really good football team that can't get out of their own way sometimes. It's not on the coaches. I hear that from way too many buys and fans. I've stayed off the, the Facebook groups for NDSU because you got some real jack wagons on there calling for coaches' heads. All they do is win national titles. It's all Matt Ants has done. They're 5-2 and two this season with two losses to the top-ranked team in the FCS in a game that the Bison, credit to the Jacks, the Bison don't make some really, really bonehead stupid plays. They win that football game, and they might even win it going away. And they lose to Arizona at Arizona. 
by a combined total of five points. We're five and two, number four in the country. Still a favorite to get to Frisco. I'd still pick the Bison against anybody outside of South Dakota State, wouldn't you? And I think a lot of folks in that NDSU locker room want a second crack at the Jackrabbits. Sitting there five and two, but they're just so frustrating because we can't put a complete football game together. The penalties, the stupid plays, the red zone turnovers, that's not on coaching, that's on player execution. The the immaturity, you get down Cam Miller, you complete a gorgeous pass, man. Gorgeous pass. 41 yards to get the ball down to what? The Jackrabbit's five-yard line. So you, you drop it in there. On the money, 41-yard pass to Braylon Henderson to get the SDSU 6. How in the world does shooting a fake bow and arrow help your team? Besides making you look like just a total douche and an idiot. So then you get the 15-yard flag and you shake your head like, Whoa, whoa, what did I do? Does that stuff get called all the time? No. It's entirely preventable, though. So you want to shoot a bow and arrow. Act like you've been there before, right? You don't see Easton Stick, Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, Brock Jensen shooting fake bow and arrows when they complete a pass to get down to the SDSU 6. Own it. Own it. That, that's what I want you to do, Cam Miller. Say, look, I cost my football team there. I hurt my team. I'm better than that. I won't do it again and move on. I think what really frustrates me about it is just him covering it up. And he's a coach's son. And by all accounts, he's a good dude, right? I don't know him from Adam. You don't hear about him getting in trouble or anything like that. You hurt your team in that situation. Just own it and don't do it again. So instead of having the ball first and six at the six-yard line, and you're up 21-7, to You have an opportunity at home at the Fargo Dome. Worst, absolutely worst case scenario. That game went to hell in a handbasket after that drive. The Bison are up 21-7. to The Fargo Dome's rocking. There's just a few minutes left. About three minutes and change left in the second half. Ball goal to go at the six. Worst case scenario, you give it to Hunter Lupke a few times, you probably score a touchdown. If I'm a betting man, the Bison have the ball at the six. The way the offensive line was moving the ball up till that time, you give it to Lupke, maybe you do a naked boot or something. The Bison have been in that situation pretty adept at getting into the end zone, and that Lupke guy is pretty darn good at running people over. But you get a 15-yard flag. Because Cam Miller wants to go bull hunting. So now instead of having a goal to go at the six with three plays to get in the end zone, and if you don't get in the end zone there, you kick the field goal, you do the math, you're up 24 to seven. You're up 24 to seven. You've got a three score lead with under three minutes left in the half. SDSU, the way their offense was going, they're not going to start slinging it to try to score a touchdown. They're going to try to milk the clock and take it to the half, which is what they did after all of the craziness that ensued. So you could have been up 24-7 with a three-score lead in the second half. The final score of the game was 23-21. The final score of the game was 23-21. 
You could have been up 24 to 7 at the half with a three-score lead. That's the war that's the absolutely worst case scenario that should have happened in that situation. You can't punch it in from the six. Griffin Croza goes up, drills a field goal, you got a three-score lead. Instead, you get the 15-yard penalty that pushes you back to the tw- to the what? 27-yard line. And then you throw an interception. 20-yard line, excuse me. Yeah, you get the ball at the 20 after the uh, well, it was the 21. 15-yard penalty, get you to the 21-yard line. So instead of first and goal from the 6, you're first and 10 from SDSU's 21. You even get to Lupke for one yard, and on second down, Cole Payton comes in, ball's intercepted. I have no problem with that play call. You knew it was coming at some point, and apparently the Jacks had it pretty well scouted out because Coach Stigemeyer said after the game, they knew it was coming. They knew Cole Payton was throwing the ball. I have no problem. I'm not going to second-guess a play call in that situation, but it's a red zone turnover. Another red zone turnover. Just frustrating. I love this football team, man, when they play well. Well, I love them when they play bad. You know, I get it. Not everything goes right in football. Sometimes you drop games. Sometimes the, the breaks don't go your way. Sometimes a, a football in the second half bounces, and instead of coming into number 55 Mensa's chest for us, the, uh, the, the Cheyenne grad, a young in playing because of some injuries. That ball, SDSU fumbles it. It's coming right toward him. Everybody in that building, it was that kind of day, wasn't it? It was that kind of day. Everybody in the building thinks men's 55 for us recovers that fumble. Instead, somehow SDSU lands on it. Of course, they go down and score a touchdown again. If this team could just stop beating themselves, I can't imagine. I mean, you think we're frustrated. I mean, it's a Saturday morning. I had no intentions of coming into the studio here. Josh Linus running the board. He's probably thinking, Swanee, stop yelling at everybody. It's 8-10 on a Saturday morning, man. If you think I'm frustrated and you think you're frustrated, and judging by the comments I get around town and the text messages and the Twitter messages, you guys are ready to chop some heads and go all like Game of Thrones season one, right? The Ned Stark is what you're ready to do. <laughs> How do you think the buys and coaches feel when this stuff happens? I mean, they got to be going nuts. If you do it like a side-by-side shot, but before and after, before the year and right now, those the pictures they show of presidents when they're in office, and you, whether whether it's, you know, a, a Bush 2, W or Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Trump, Biden, whoever, I don't care. Maybe except Biden because he's 100 years old already. You do the side-by-side shots when they go into office, then when they come out, and it looks like they've aged decades. That's got to be, if you take a look at the game program for football, at the coaches' pitchers before the season, and if you were to take their picture now, I bet you it would look like those dudes, whether it's a Matt Ants, a Dave Braun, David Braun, Tyler Roll, uh, Randy Hedberg, Nick Gazer, Noel Pauly, any of those guys, if you take a look at their photos now compared to before the year, I bet it looks like they've aged 15 to 20 years. they got to be pulling their hair out. Whether it's the personal fouls or things, it's second half. I thought the Bison did a lot of things great that game. We built a 21-7 lead. Man, I was feeling good. I was ready to talk so much smack to my brother-in-law, Jeff, who we had on the air Last Saturday morning, 
I, I don't know why I'm uh, I'm suddenly the favorite uh, punching bag. Well, I do know why because I probably run my mouth more on Twitter than I should. South Dakota State fans have just been beating the hell out of me all week, and we've had some fun going back and forth about the Dakota marker being a giant shot glass and such. And I can take it. If you dish it, you got to take it. So I'm not whining. We have some fun with it. Man, I was ready to lace into those guys. 21 to 7. We're about to go up 28 to 7. I mean, Brother Swan and I thinking, man, we might be up 35 7 in the second half. We're going to get some dude bro hall pass time to maybe go have one or two at Herding Horns in the second half because this game's going to be out of hand. Man, you knew. We've been there before, haven't we, Bison fans? You had that feeling in your gut when we threw the interception and it's 21 to 7, it gets to half. You just know South Dakota State, they're too good of a football team. You you knew they had a run in them. You just knew. And the second half, man, I I don't know what happened in the second half, man. We South Dakota State didn't punt once. Our our coaches just must have been beside themselves, frustrated, nuts, pissed, whatever watching that game film on Sunday. Because after that pass to Henderson, you're down at the six. Man, the world is your oyster. And then after that, ever after that, really everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Malk, Cody Malk gets uh, gets flagged for a personal fall. I, I've heard. I haven't seen the replay of it. What I'm told is that he was blocking through the whistle and the ref got in the way. He should have never have thrown the flag. So I'll defer. He's an All-American guy. That killed a drive. The fumble we didn't recover. Running the football. Rajan Nelson, man. Electric young player. You got to be smart, man. It's the second half. SDSU punts. You haven't returned anything all year. No offense. It's not It's not like, you know, when Kobe Johnson was housing kickoffs or taking it to the team's other side of, of the 50. We hadn't done that all day, right? Running it out of your own end zone twice in the second half. One of the times, field position, man, field position. The entire second half, the Jacks are living on our side of the 50. They outscored us 16-0 to in the second half. Credit to the Bison defense. It could have been a heck of a lot more. It could have been a heck of a lot more because North Dakota State, starting field position, running the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff, eight-yard line. Great, great. Give SDSU a short field to work with. They get two first downs. They're in field goal range. So you can rip on the buys and defense all you want. You take a look at it and say that SDSU didn't punt a single time in the second half. And the tackling remains an issue. I've heard Phil Hansen was apoplectic and beside himself on the radio call and in the post game. Hey, I'm with you, brother Phil. I'm with you. I I I've, I I try to get one of my uh, coach, not an NDSU coach, a guy, one of my buddies in town who's a coach. I, I talk a lot with those guys and leaving the feet, launching themselves, just poor tackling that's seemingly been an issue all year, reared its ugly, ugly head. And for all that, for as bad as that all was, 23-21, South Dakota State's feeling pretty good about themselves going into the uh, Alaris today to play the Fighting Hawks. Oh. I'll have to have to tell Travis Dunn later this morning when he comes on for around the rink. I have to be cheering for the Fighting Hawks today, Cam Miller, because of your bow and arrow foolishness, you have forced me to do something I have never done in my entire life. I got to root for UND in a football game, so I want the Bison to win a conference title, and for that to happen, 
South Dakota State's got to drop a game somewhere along the line. Now, of course, NDSU's got to take care of business after this bye week. Phoenix Sproles leaves. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Transfers. Much to do about nothing. Dude had, like, what, two catches all year? Might, and, and that's not an indictment. I don't mean to be, you know, brash. But that's a guy, from a leadership standpoint, from a production standpoint, what are you really missing? There was a lot of Twitter back and forth a lot of Twitter back and forth from current players and former players about that situation. That's none of my business. The fact is, you don't know and I don't know the story inside that locker room. Only the players do and only the coaches do. So whatever the circumstances behind his departure, I hope he does well. I think he's already got his degree from NDSU. He seems to be very talented at the uh, online marketing and TikTok and Instagram, Twitter stuff. I hope, I hope he can find a way to parlay that into all kinds of success. I, I wish him nothing but the best. I'm not one of those dudes where a player transfers and says, I hope they end up having a crappy life. And he's, what, 21, 22? I hope he has a great season wherever he transfers and goes on to, to do wonderful things. But this team now has to circle the wagons. Adversity has reared its ugly head. People are looking at you and the talk is down. Everyone say this is a wide open. This is a wide open FCS landscape now. North Dakota State, you can't say that they're the prohibitive favorite because they keep beating themselves. And if they would just get out of their own way, guys, this team would be awfully good. They'd probably be seven and zero. But if ifs and buts were touchdowns and nuts, Bison got to take care of business. Starts next Saturday at home against Illinois State. Then they got to go on the road for what should be what should be a win at Western Illinois. Illinois State two and one, two and one in the league, four and two overall. That game not a layup. Got it at the Fargo Dome. How great was that crowd at the Fargo Dome? And that's it was right there for the taking. The excitement around the the FBI. I love Matt Larson's quote at the uh, indoor practice facility ribbon cutting last Saturday about positioning the team and the program. You know, Mike McFeely had a really good column in the forum about that yesterday, about that nugget, that glimmer of hope for us FBSters, about uh, what all that might mean. Well, man, the Dome, that was the loudest the Fargo Dome has been in years. It was electric. You win that game. You've got big mo. You've got momentum. You're sitting there going into a bye week, 6-1. and one. And then you get another rocking crowd next Saturday. Halloween game against Illinois State, man. People are paying attention, but you lose, and there's too many fair-weather fans out there, and we're probably only going to get 15,000 against Illinois State. Well, circle the wagons. The world is against you, North Dakota State. Apocalyptic-type stuff, man. Bison are 5-2, and two and everybody's writing them off, but if you take care of business, you beat Illinois State, you get the road win at Western Illinois, then you're sitting there 7-2, and two. And you're sitting there in the league at 5-1. and one. Then you've got an opportunity playing two late-season games at Southern Illinois, a playoff-type team, and against North Dakota at home. If you can win those next three games, which will not be easy, the Bison need. Man, I thought they were going to put together a complete game last Saturday, and they didn't. Tale of two halves. Tale of just two different halves. Football is just a... Wacky, wacky sport like that. 
But the next three games, outside of that, uh, the next four games, outside of that Western Illinois game, they are not layups. Illinois State's a good football team. Southern Illinois is a good football team. North Dakota, they get the dub. Did you, did you know that the Undies, the Fighting Hawks, are 18-1 and in the Missouri Valley Football Conference playing at the Alaris? Their only loss last fall to North Dakota State. UND has not lost in Valley play at the Alaris outside of the one they dropped to North Dakota State last fall. UND, they're going to give South Dakota State everything they want this afternoon. And coming up after the break, we will give you more of everything you want as we dissect the buys and give out some grades for the midseason performance here on Heard It, here with Swanee, presented by Twin Peaks and brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith, uh, Smith Motors in Wapaton. Stick around. We're just easing you in on to a Saturday morning here on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan, make sure to check out the podcast at 740thefan.com. We're brought to you by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for made-from-scratch food, signature 29. 29! Draft beers and all the scenic views, and of course, long-time Friends of the show and sponsors, Peterman Seeds, of Holly, and Smith Motors in Wapaton. I've heard that uh, Comfort King in Fargo has sent a complaint to the station because of our rough treatment of Cam Miller. Miller, man alive, outside of the bow and arrow stupidness, on the year, he's got 164.01 efficiency rating. He's completing 71% of his passes. He's got eight touchdowns. It's only, I think, two INTs. That's pretty good. That's awfully good. He's doing what he needs to do in this Bison offense. And there there are times when this offense, some of those throws, that throw before his bow and arrow tomfoolery to Henderson was on the money. Beautiful throw. The throws to to Lipke out of the backfield, beautiful throws. The couple to DJ Hart, beautiful throws. He's, He's throwing some really nice footballs, man. Oh, third down, second half. We couldn't we couldn't move the ball offensively, and the Jacks didn't punt. North Dakota State finished today four of ten on third down and some third and shorts, third and threes. Man, seven to thirteen for the Jacks, and a lot of those. Man, that's so frustrating. That game was there to be had. The Jacks are not some juggernaut. They're entirely beatable. They are not a better football team than North Dakota State. I can I I can handle. If you're a football fan, you can handle getting beat if you're being real for yourself. You can't win every game. As much as you want to, by the nation, as much as you think this team should win every game, video game style, and be 100-0, win everything by three touchdowns. That's not how it works. We've been spoiled. But if you're a fan long enough, you know sometimes the, the games just don't go your way and sometimes you play a better team. South Dakota State, that's what's got to be the most frustrating thing for these coaches watching that film, to know that South Dakota State is not a better football team than you. That's got to be the hands hands down the thing that just torques your shorts, as Libby would say, just torques my shorts, makes you mad because they are not a better football team. The third and eight, how many times did we have those dastardly rabbits backed up third and eight third and 12 third and seven third and six and they pick up a first down that kind of stuff man that's those those just zap you think they zap the momentum out of you as a fan 
if you're in the Fargo Dome or if you're watching on TV, you can feel it when it's a third and eight. The Dome's rocking. It's on the precipice, on the brink of madness. And when they pick up the first down, you feel all that energy just sucked out of the building. And you can see it on the defense, too. They think they're getting off the field. Offense is ready. Let's make some noise. Let's do some damage. And then they get a first down. And then they keep on driving. And then they score a touchdown. I'm bullish on this Bison defense. I think they're going to come around. I think by the time the playoffs roll around, this is going to be a unit to be reckoned with because they are playing, especially on that defensive line, they're playing some young dudes. And if they're missing the tackles, they're in position, right? They're just not making the plays when you're talking about some of those linebackers. The safeties, the the defensive backs that have been around a long time, those are the ones that are kind of head scratchers. I think the defense is going to get it figured out. I'm not saying this team is like the 2010 Bison team. This team's 5-2. and two. They're the consensus number four team in the country. If they win out, if the Bison win out, there are pretty decent odds that they're going to get a top two seed and the road to Frisco is going to roll through Fargo and what team in the FCS is going to come into that building and knock off the Bison. I look through the list. I don't see any teams, but it's it's more wide open. There isn't that feeling of inevitability. If the Bison can just figure out a way to tie it all together, they're going to be an awfully good football team. I remember that 2010 team. And this isn't saying this 2022 team is just like that 2010 team that went 4-4 four and four in Valley play, lost the last game of the regular season 3-0 to zero to Missouri State, backdoored into the playoffs, and went on a run. Beat Robert Morris, went out to Bozeman, beat Montana State, then had the uh, the unforgettable game at Eastern Washington. This team has a feel to it, like that team that were. They've, they've got some pieces, and if they can just put it all together, if they can just put it all together in one football game, I don't think there's any other team in the FCS that's going to beat them. If you've been paying attention, you know the Bison have one of the most outstanding Ground attacks in the FCS. Again, outside of South Dakota State, who's going to have a a shot at stopping that? And when you couple that with the progress, Cam Miller, you bow and arrow fool. He's been playing really well. He's been making some really big passes, and he's only getting better. 17-22 against a really good South Dakota State defense. Oh, we got to give out some midseason grades. We'll do that next on Heard It here with Swanee, brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapaton. Stick around and we will grade out every position group next because it's a bye week and we don't got nothing better to do, and I'm tired of ranting. We are rolling into a bye week Saturday, the bye week blues. Coming off a 23-21 loss to South Dakota State, who takes on UND at the Alaris Center this afternoon. That's a 3 o'clock kick. You can bet a lot of Bison fans will be paying attention to that one. That's going to be a really good football team. We'll find out. South Dakota State is ranked number one in the country for the first time ever in the history of their program. How they handle that and how they handle a coming off a really physical game, an emotional game, but also a very physical game against the Bison. And whether the Fighting Hawks can uh, 
that home field advantage they seem to have up at the Alaris, the Tin Bin, can keep it going. That's a 3 o'clock kick. Illinois State is at Indiana State. That's a noon kickoff. Southern Illinois is at the Dakota Dome against USD at 2 p.m. That has that has the feel of a game where USD, the wheels have fallen off there. They're not a very good football team. They're sitting there in the league at uh, 0-3. They don't have a conference win. They're 1-5 overall. Southern Illinois, after a 2-2 start, they went on to, boy, 0-2 start or 1-2 start. They're 5-2 overall now. 4-0 tied for the lead in the Valley. That's that's a game where it would not surprise me to see USD somehow pull it out. That just has a feel of a game where South Dakota plays really tough at home. Southern Illinois walks in there feeling pretty good about themselves. Keep an eye on that game. That's a 2 o'clock kick. Youngstown State is at Western Illinois. That's a 3 p.m. kick. Youngstown State, they're 1-2 and two in the league, 3-3 three and three overall to have any shot at the postseason. That's a must-win for them. And then Missouri State, 0-3 in the league. Bobby the Shark Petrino. The wheels have absolutely fallen off that program, which was top five earlier in the year, 0-3 in the league, 2-4 and four overall. They're at the Uni Dome playing a 2-2 two and two in Valley play, Northern Iowa, 3-4 and four overall. And for Northern Iowa to maintain any sort of semblance of postseason aspirations, that's a must win for them. So there's a lot of big football games around the Missouri Valley this weekend. We better dole out some grades and we'll start on the offensive side of the football. Offensive line, A minus. Let's give them an A minus. They are the, well, let's give them an A. Let's give that group an A. They road grade people. They're doing their jobs. Probably the the most, the strength, the heart of this football team is the Rams. So we'll give them an A. They're playing really, really well. They've been a little bit banged up, weathering some injuries but they are unquestionably the heart and the soul of this football team. I would give them an A, A minus. Tight ends have been, you can kind of lump them in with the offensive linemen. Joe Stoffel's a nice story. He's got 11 receptions through seven games, 116 yards. Gindorf's been hurt. I don't know how you grade the tight ends because they've been pretty quiet. Outside of Stoffel's 11 catches and Gindorf out for the rest of the year, so it, it'd be uh, the run blocking and their role in that game. You know, I, I would probably say, uh, uh, oh, B minus, C plus maybe. It's just so tough because they're not being asked to do a lot right now in the passing game as far as we can see now. There might be some stuff going on behind the scenes, X's and O's that my stupid football brain can't figure out. But uh, I, 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 don't, I don't see the tight ends being worked into a big part of that passing attack. Maybe that changes as Stoffel gets more reps under his belt. But outside of him, you've got a lot of those fullbacks that have been playing some tight end or rolling into that H-back position. So, I, you know, I, to be objective, in all honesty, you probably have to give the tight end group a C because they haven't done anything that stands out. It, it's a different ball game with Gindorf hurt, but that's, that is, you know, that is what it is. Next man up, right? Um, we'll give that group a C. The running back room, you got to give them an A. With Hunter Lipke, Tamaric Williams playing really, really well. Kobe Johnson dinged up. Dom Ganella, you know, real, real interesting this season. As far as carrying the ball, Lipke has 80, 88 carries, 88 times he's touched the football out of the backfield. 
Tamaric Williams and Dom Ganella both have 30 carries through seven games. That's a little over four carries per contest. Kobe Johnson been dinged up, 33 carries on the year. Cole Payton, 20 carries. They've they've seen. I, I'm not sure what's going on with that quarterback run game. If they're backing off that until the playoffs. If they're not, if they're trying to save some hits on Cole, we saw a lot of that earlier in the year, but I'm not entirely clear. He only has 20 carries through seven games. That's about three carries per contest. We saw him a little bit that interception against South Dakota State. So I'm not. I I don't know what's going on there with that part of that that package for him. If that's just something they're going to wait and keep in the hip pocket into the playoffs, I I don't know. We'll we'll find out. We'll find out because it's only a month away at this point, and Cam Miller's run the ball 37 times as a group, especially with Lipke, who is the most talented football player in FCS. I'm going to give them an A. Quarterback, well, let's, let's, let's go to receivers before we jump into quarterback. They are a work in progress. The numbers aren't there, but I don't want to be overly critical. You're starting to see some young guys. Braylon Henderson had a nice catch there last week that we talked about earlier in the show. DJ Hart. Had a couple really nice catches, including a touchdown. Is he a guy that's emerging? And then Zach Zach Mathis, he's kind of a, an enigma, a mystery because I, I I'm not in Indiana State. He has those six big catches in the touchdown. Well, I guess against South Dakota State, he had, he had five catches for 53 yards. DJ Hart four for 59. So Mathis, he's a guy that's really you know leads a team 16 catches for 266 through seven games, three touchdowns. He's a guy that's starting to emerge. So when you're throwing the ball 17 to 22, that Cam was against uh, South Dakota state. And he had a really nice game against Indiana state the week before that. So as much as, is is critical as I, as I have been and rightfully so of, of Cam Miller and his decision to do the bow and arrow, he's playing some really good football right now. And receiving last week against the Jacks, you had three, six, nine, three, six, nine guys with catches. Nine guys that caught those 17 footballs against what was supposedly the best defense in the FCS in South Dakota State. When you're completing passes to nine different dudes, you're distributing the football. And for all of you knuckleheads out there saying, oh, Miller only looks to one read and, and only looks to make the one throw, that's that's not true. That's not true. If you're completing passes to nine guys, you're not just locked in on one guy and one read. He made that nice throw on the sideline. I think it was to 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 Braylon, maybe it was to DJ Hart in the second half, which would have been a huge play. It was on, a, I think, a second and long. Dropped it right in the bucket on the sideline. They ruled it a catch. It looked like his foot was in bounds on the catch. And those that 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 officiating crew sucked. Last week, some of those personal fouls and and even the, the Miller thing, they, they they changed the course of the game, as they did on, on, on the Cody Malk personal foul call. They involved themselves in the game. They changed the course of the football game. I'm giving that officiating crew a fat D-. minus. Bunch of jerks. I'm, I'm guessing NDSU isn't the type to complain about it. I would guess that uh, Bison Football, Inc., sent a letter to the Missouri Valley Football Conference saying, are you bleeping kidding me with some of those? With the receiving core, I'm going to give a B-, minus, and that's a, that's a B- minus that's trending in, in the right direction because I do like a lot of those young receivers. I think what DJ Hart showed, along with Zach Mathis and you know Braylon's big catch, you got some guys 
that are, are starting to emerge, and there's starting to be some rhythm in a passing game when you're 17-22 to 22 against a really good South Dakota State defense. So let's give them a B-. minus. Cam Miller. Now, I could, I could go either way on this. I could go a B plus, maybe an A minus. I'm going to give them a, a B plus. And the reason I'm going to do that is because he's trending in the right direction, but as a leader of that football team, you can't be doing stupid things like shooting a fake bow and arrow. You need to own that, and you just need to stop it. Just stop that. Just be a leader, okay? But he's throwing the ball well. The only reason I'm giving him a B, B plus he had an opportunity at the end of the game last week. The Bison had the ball under four minutes, down two, to put his team in a position to kick a game-winning field goal or to attempt it. And he missed some throws, and he made some – I don't know if that second down, the Bison just got a first down on a pass to, uh, I believe it was Mathis there in the fourth quarter. You know it's the last drive of the game for North Dakota State. It's, it's get some points or you're going home. So he has a 16-yard pass to Mathis. He had a pass to DJ Hart earlier in the drive. The Bison have it first and 10 on SDSU's 49. And then on that that first down play, short completion to Mathis to get to the 47 and second and eight. And then he, I, I don't know what was going on. If that was a design run play, he kind of took it, and it, it kind of looked like a draw, but it looked like it was, it was a design pass. He was in shotgun, and he ended up taking a loss of two. I don't know what that was. That puts him in third and ten, and then on third, on third and ten, he misses to, to Mathis. Then he misses to Hart. Game over. Same thing in that Arizona game. I'm gonna give him a B, B plus until he shows that in the fourth quarter of a game when you need to drive your team down and get that game winner, you're the guy to do it. You do you do what Brock Jensen did and what Carson Wentz did and what Easton Stick did and what Trey Lance did. So let's give him a B. I'm bullish on him. I'm bullish on him. I think by the end of the year he gets there. Let's give him a B plus for right now. Defensive side of the ball, they're not as bad. They're I know a lot has been made about the fact they're giving up 147, 150 yards per game on the ground, which is a lot. 157 yards actually, which is historically horrible. Normally this Bison teams around that 85, 87 yards per game on the ground. Defensive line has been banged up. The secondary did a great job against – the numbers don't show up. Part of it is field position. Your offense can't get anything going in the second half against the Jacks last week. They held Gronowski in check. Cam Miller played a better football game than Mark Gronowski. If you would have told me Cam Miller was 17-22 to 22 for 227 and two scores and Mark Gronowski was 16-21 to 21 for a buck 52 and no touchdowns and being sacked three times, man, I would have told you the Bison had that football game. Bison defensive backs and the linebackers, they're part of pass coverage. Pass, as far as pass defense, outstanding. A-plus on pass defense. Run defense, different game, C-minus. C-minus, man. You've got to do a better job getting hands on the guy at the line of scrimmage, the running back. How many times have we seen a running back coming untouched into the second level where he's not drawing contact until he gets to those linebackers? And then our defensive backs are coming up and making the tackle. Defensive line work in progress. They got some sacks last week, but they're also missing like that Indiana State game, that 82 yard touchdown where you just blew a run fit. I don't know if that was on a backer or a defensive end. You see it a few times against whether it's Youngstown or SDSU. Looks like a defensive end gets pinched inside. No one has the the outside the perimeter and, and they break a nice run. Let's give them a B minus the defensive line. They are young. I don't want to be overly critical because they Wagey's having a nice year. 
They're playing a lot of young guys. I'll give them a B minus linebackers. And I hate to do it to you, but I gotta give you a C. You can you can play so much better. You guys can play so, so, so much better. The missed tackles. <sighs> I hate to do it, but I gotta be objective. I can't say, oh, they're they deserve a B or an A. They don't. Defensive backfield, I'm gonna give them a, a B plus. They're, they've been doing a nice job. They held Gronowski in check. They're only going to get better. And, and with the week, I hope, this this football coaching staff, they're an excellent, excellent group of coaches. They are outstanding. They are great teachers. I hope this week they've had an opportunity to, to clean some of that stuff up because I, I would assume with the missed tackles and being out of position that you want to work at doing some self-scout and maybe cleaning some of that stuff up. I think the team, I think defensively they're going to continue to make strides. I think the off I think the offense is right there, man. I th- I think they are on the verge of a breakthrough. <sighs> they're just not they just quite haven't they haven't quite put it together yet. When we needed some big third downs on third and threes and third and fours in the second half against South Dakota State, plays that, you know, an Easton stick or a Trey Lance. Got NFL quarterback guys, admittedly. But even Brock Jensen's and Brock, you know, one of the greatest ever, an FCS future future college football Hall of Famer, friend of the show, three-time national champion, arguably the best quarterback in Bison football history. Those are first downs and plays that the Bison offense have picked up in championship years. And if this team makes wants to make a deep run in the playoffs, they're going to need to do that. They're going to need to do that. And we'll see. That's what makes it to maybe shift gears and some of the silver lining when we get back. I'm bullish on this team. I am optimistic. I don't think I don't think they're a bad football team at all. That this Bison team is too what what would the narrative be? We're literally two plays away. This team is two plays away from being seven and all. They are two way two plays away from being seven and all, heading into a bye week, and we'd all be talking about Frisco. We'd all be talking about how great this team is, about how they beat an Arizona FBS team, about how they beat South Dakota State coming in here trying to challenge us. But instead, we're talking about a team that's 5-2 and two and has some work to do. And the difference in the game of football, it's two plays. It's two plays, and the narrative is completely different. But I am bullish on this team, and I will tell you why after the break. I think that this team still ends the season in Frisco Texas coming up next on Heard It Here with Swanee. Bye week for the Bison and the Vikings. If you're a fan of the Skull and the Bison like me, the Vikings got a bye week. There's still plenty of good football to go around. Make sure you stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. The Fighting Hawks on the hockey side got the goal first. In Minneapolis tonight, that game will be on air right on these airwaves on 740 AM. The fan fighting Hawks with a tough overtime loss at Mariucci to a really good golfers team. They skate again tonight at 7. I'm bullish on this Bison football team, folks. You talk about just the angst and frustration from the fan base. Two losses by a total of five points. One play in either one of those football games. Think of all the different breaks that had to go the Jacks' way for them to eke out a two-point win. The Bison aren't going to do that again. This coaching staff's too good. These players, for as undisciplined as they've been at times, or if they if they if they let it blow up and go to hell, that's on them. 
If they can't clean up the discipline stuff, that's entirely on them. That's a player-driven thing. It's not a coach's fault when a guy shoots a bow and arrow. Fake bow and arrow. Five and two. Two losses by five points. And you got a favorable schedule coming up. You got Illinois State at home. Then you're on the road at Western Illinois. Then you got two really tough ones. You got Southern Illinois on the road. And then to end the regular season, it's like the old NCC days. You got the Bison and the Fighting Hawks kicking off at the Dome in mid-November. If the Bison can clean up some of the crap they've been doing, some of these really stupid things, they're going to be a really tough team. Some of the reason teams are sticking around football games and beating this Bison squad is because self-inflicted injuries, and that's entirely something they can fix that. That's why I'm bullish. It's not like teams are going out there and just outplaying North Dakota State. In all these games this season, where is the harm coming from? The majority of it, it's self-inflicted wounds in undisciplined football. That can be corrected. The Bison have now had a bye week to deal with that. I would expect they're going to come out against Illinois State next week. They better blow the doors off, man. That better be the best Bison football team we've seen all year. They better be sharp. They better be dialed in. They better be mentally focused. And none of this this personal foul crap, none of this stupid play, these penalties, these red zone turnovers, these bad decision-making, that's all correctable. I think the Bison get it corrected. I said it last week, the more reps some of these young guys on the defensive line and front seven get in, the better they're going to be. They just need reps. They need the experience. And as we go week to week to week, they're going to get that, and they're going to get stronger. And by the time the playoffs roll around, I think they're going to be really good. So that's why I'm bullish on this football team. And there's a lot of there's a lot of big, big games going around the FCS today. We talked about the, the Jacks and the Fighting Hawks at the Alaris. Montana State is hosting Weber State. Weber State's five in the country. Montana State's three. One of them's going to drop a game in fall. You've got uh, Elon in New Hampshire, big CAA game. You got uh, there's a, a Mercer number eleven. They're six and one at number ten Chattanooga. They're five and one. That's a ranked game. The FCS landscape is entirely wide open, and it's there for the taking. There's there's probably ten. When was the last time you could say that there's probably ten teams in the FCS that have a shot at Frisco? Clearly, SDSU is beatable. SDSU is beatable. I don't care that they're undefeated in the FCS. That SDSU team I saw in the Fargo Dome, they're not a juggernaut like some of these North Dakota State teams have been. UND has absolutely got a shot. If they play a good football game, they will beat the Jacks at the Alaris. And SDSU, I've heard, well, we've got by the buys and we're going to skate. You know, we're going to run the table in the Valley. Like, heck, you are. Like, heck, you are. You're not a juggernaut team. I think they got to go to Northern Iowa yet. They got to play at Illinois, or they've hosted Illinois State yet. They could drop two of those games. They could lose to UND and UNI. That's what Stigemeyer teams have done in the past. So I, 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 they're a good team. They came into the Fargo Dome. They beat the Bison. Credit to them. They could drop two games in their next four, and then where would they be? Right. So it's it's wide open. Don't give up on this team yet. There's a lot of football to be played. There's a lot of gas in the tank, and it makes for an exciting storyline, if nothing else, because instead of talking about this juggernaut team, we're talking about the fact that it's wide open, and at the Bison, they could make a run to Frisco, or they could lose in the second round of the playoffs. When was the last time we said that? Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunhill recap UND's big series against the Golfers in Minneapolis, and remember, even though we're 5-2, and two, it will get better, and the strength of the herd is the Bison. And the strength of the bison is the 
Herda.